I am convinced uh, that the two most important days in a person's life are the day that they were born and the day that they find out why. And so we are going to take this journey together and find out why, why we're here, what on earth we're here for. Uh, and that's what uh, Pastor Darren was talking about. That, that series officially begins on February the 10th, and there's more information in your bulletin as well as in the uh, lobby at the registration desk. But before we, before we discover what our calling is, what our purpose is, why we're actually here, um, we've got to get ready for it. We've got to get ready for it. And so that's, that's what we want to talk about today. Um, even, even if we were to know why we were put on earth, would we be ready for that purpose? Would we be ready for that calling? And so today I have a simple question for each of us, and it is, are you, are you ready for the rest of your life? Are you ready for the rest of your life? Uh, I'm going to give you uh, four simple points, and, and we're going to sojourn through, uh, through the Word of God as it relates to Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 23rd verse. I want you to find that, uh, and, uh, and we'll see what the Lord has to say. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this, this time and this opportunity to share your awesome word. We, we pray now that you would share your anointing with me, and understanding and wisdom with all of us, that we would receive the awesome things that you have. Pray these blessings now in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. 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 Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 23rd verse is where we will... Um, where we will read from today, 23rd through the 27th. I'll read from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child. That word beautiful is translated there not to mean that he was uh, outwardly beautiful, but that he was unusual. They were not afraid of the king's command. 24th verse, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's riches, his greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And again, I want to talk today uh, about uh, preparing yourselves for the rest of your life. I, I just have a, a quick question. I want to take a quick poll. How many of you, how many of us have played the game how far? How many of us? Let me just see a, a hand, uh, showing of hands. Okay. Um, so it seems like nobody, if you've played it, you don't even realize you've played it, right? Nobody realizes that they've played the game how far. Let, let me tell you a little bit about the game how far. My, um, my father, um, he handed to me when I was in high school, a wonderful gift. And that gift was a Mark V Lincoln Continental. And, um, and that, that would have been a wonderful gift, except for the fact that um, uh, this Lincoln Continental was a 1977, and I was born in 1978. <laughs> and so the Lincoln Continental, it was, it, was, it was older than me, and it was about the size of a school bus, and I had to drive this thing to high school every day. And um, you, you may be saying, well, you should be grateful. And I was grateful. It was my first car, and I was very excited about that. And, um, and that, was, uh, that was an awesome experience. But there was something about this, uh, about this Lincoln uh, that was a little bit unusual. The one thing that was a little bit unusual about this Lincoln was it, did not have a, um, it didn't have a gear shaft. So uh, there was a wrench that I had to use <laughs> in order to change the gears. 
Oh, by the way, there was something else that was unusual about it. Um, the, the gas gauge didn't work. And, uh, and so um, I could not tell how much gas was in this car. Oh, I'm very grateful, very grateful. Thank you for transportation. And, and I appreciate all of God's goodness in this uh, 1977 Lincoln Mark V. And so, and so the game begins because at the beginning of the week, every week I would fill the car up with gas and I would begin to play the game, how far? You see, um, the way this game works is you, you fill the car up with gas and, and you don't know um, when you're going to run out of gas. And so the entire game is, um, is predicated on the fact that um, you're just driving to see how far it'll take you until you run out. Are you with me? Say amen. And, uh, and I played that game every week and I would run out of gas about twice a week. <laughs> run out of gas about twice a week. And... Uh, blessed now to be able to purchase my own vehicles. Thank you, dad. Um, but, but the sad reality is many of us play that game, play that game. I'm not even going to ask again, because now you realize what that game is about. And many of us have played that game, not just in our automobiles, but we've played that game in life, trying to see how far we can go without even knowing where we're going. How far we can go without being sufficiently prepared even after we get there. And so today, the entire idea is making sure you're ready for the rest of your life. Now, I'm going to ask you something um, that's a little bit more delightful. How many of you believe God has a beautiful plan, a beautiful uh, outlook for your future? God, God has something wonderful in store for you. He's promised you something delightful. Let me see your hands. If, if you believe that there's an awesome promise in your life, come on, let's give God a round of applause for that. God still makes promises. He still has plans for your life and for your future. And he said that they are to give you an expected end and a hope. It's to give you a future and not for you to go down a path of destruction. And so um, today I want to share with you four things that Moses used to prepare himself for the rest of his life. There, there are four key ingredients, four nuggets, four Four tools, four decisions that Moses chose in order to pre prepare himself adequately for the rest of his life and for his purpose. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you just in case um, you, uh, you get lost through this message or um, just in case uh, you may have to leave a little early um, or just in case you fall asleep. I'm going to go ahead and give you the four points now. I'm going to give you the four points. Here are the four points. Refuse to be defined by others. Second point, choose short-term pain over long-term gain. Third point, uh, choose God's values, not the world's. And the fourth point, choose to live by faith and not by fear. There you have it. Those are the four points. Uh, we're we're going to work our way as we try to explain what, what that has to uh, do with us and what it has to do with Moses as we try and make some parallels in our lives. But, but those, are, those are the four points. And if you can apply those four points to your life, I believe... You will, at some point in your journey, adequately prepare yourself for the rest of your life. Are you excited about it? Come on, you're more excited than that. Are you excited about it? Point number one, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, according to the 24th verse of the 11th chapter, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, when he had matured, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
And so point number one is to refuse to be defined by others. Refuse to be defined by others. Nothing, nothing um, typifies this point more than the fact that Moses had a unique calling on his life. He, he had a purpose. And those of us that know a little bit about Moses, we know that Moses, uh, he was born into slavery. He was born uh, as a Hebrew. He was born as a part of the children of Israel. And this had already been a part of God's chosen people. God chose a certain group of people that uh, he would be their God and uh, they would be his people. And so Moses was, was a part of that lineage. That was his heritage. But Pharaoh, who had enslaved God's people, the children of Israel, Pharaoh decided that uh, perhaps um, the people were beginning to outnumber even his army. So he decided that there would be an edict or a decree that all of the males, all of the males would be killed that would be born in Israel. And because Moses was born, Moses was, he was, uh, he was supposed to have died. It was Pharaoh's call that Moses would die, but, but uh, God had something greater. And so uh, the mother of Moses had to make a decision. She now has this newborn baby, and, and the decree has come down that um, Pharaoh is, is, is set to kill all of the males of, of, of Israel. And, and so she makes the decision to part with her son. She wraps him up, puts him in a basket, and sends him down the Nile River. And those of you that know the story, you know that Pharaoh's daughter happens upon Moses, takes him in. And Moses is raised, actually, he's raised in Egypt in Pharaoh's palace. Isn't it amazing that, that someone that started as a slave could end up in the palace? Amen. Um, let me, let, me, let me say this. You, you have to refuse to be, be defined by others because even though Moses, um, he got to the palace, he didn't want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was a wonderful lineage he could have taken on. He, he could have he chosen that path, but he chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Instead, he chose to go with his godly lineage. And so that's the first point that I'm suggesting to you, that you would not be defined by others. Let me, um, let me, um, let me uh, share this point. I, um, in 2003, um, I ran the uh, 2003 Chicago Marathon. The LaSalle Bank, Chicago, thank you so much. I got a round of applause right here on the second row uh, for the Chicago Marathon. And, um, and there were 44,000 people that ran this race, 44,000 people, uh, there it is, 44,000 people um, that ran the, uh, the LaSalle Bank Chicago Marathon. And I was one of the 44,000 that ran that race. And um, can I share with you how I ended up getting into that race? I ended up getting into that race because a friend of mine knew that I was a, a former athlete in college. And he said, I just want you to train with these other folks that are going to be running. You don't have to run, just train just train with the other folks that are running. And, um, and then once, once they see that you have trained with them, they'll be encouraged and you don't actually have to run the race. And so we started training from April to October. The race was in October. And little did I know, I ended up signed up and registered for this race, unbeknownst to me. 
And so the reason why I actually ended up running the race was because somebody told me they didn't believe I could run 26.2 miles. Now, I almost didn't believe it myself because um, I had never before 2003 run over two miles before. And so here it is now, and I'm I'm training for a marathon, 26.2 miles. And uh, can I share something with you? I don't like running. (laughs) That's not my idea of a good time. We're we're just going to go outside and just keep running. It's not my idea. But, But here it is. I... I was, I was signed up and, and, and I, I refused to be defined by others. Even though people told me that I couldn't do it, I believed that I could. And that's the first point I want to share with you. Do you receive that? Refuse to be defined by others. The second point that I want to share. Choose short-term pain for long-term gain. Choose short-term pain for long-term gain. Choosing rather... Hebrews 11th chapter and the 25th verse, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Moses could have, as he was being raised in Pharaoh's palace, he could have chosen the riches of Pharaoh. He could have forsook his lineage and his heritage. He could have forsook the whole idea of living in a promised land or fulfilling his purpose to fulfill what was pleasurable at the time. And can I be honest with you? Um, Sin is what the Bible calls it here, the pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable. Thank you. One amen. It's going to tell the truth. Sin is pleasurable. But the reality is um, it causes a horrible aftertaste. There are two types of pain in life. There's the pain of discipline and the pain of disappointment. And if you can handle the pain of discipline, you'll never have to deal with the pain of disappointment. And so Moses chose his second thing. He he refused to be defined by others. And then he chose, he chose short-term pain over long-term gain. And so um, running the marathon. Here I am. I'm running the marathon. And um, the reality is, before I got to the marathon, before I got to that great day where there were 44,000 people and, and we were all set to run the marathon, I actually had to train. I had to condition my body. I was running up and down the streets of Indianapolis, preparing myself. Went from two miles all the way to 19 miles because somebody told me, if you can run 19, you can run 26.2. Not necessarily the case. But I chose short-term pain because I had a long-term goal. And I, and I know what you're thinking. Um, uh, this guy's going to show us all the clips from his, uh, his running the marathon. You know how you go to somebody's house and they show you um, 37 pictures of their three-year-old child's birthday. And, and you say, okay, I get it. Um, happy birthday, little Jackson. I get it. I get it. And, and, and the reality is, um, yeah, you're going to be on this journey with me together. Because there are some nuggets that we learn from Moses. But, if, but if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't receive any other credentials that I have, there's one credential that you should receive. And that's the fact that I ran a physical marathon. Talk about walking by faith. I had never run over two miles before. And so this was really a faith step for me. So if I could do it, then maybe we can do it. 
My mother used to tell me this phrase, there's no secret what God can do. If he's done something for others, he can do it for you too. Do you receive that? And so here I am doing something or hoping to accomplish something that I had never done before. And many of us, we're thinking about what our purpose will look like. We're thinking about what, what God has for me, what that destination will look like. And I want to walk in my purpose. I want to receive the promises that God has for me. Well, there are some things that you have to do in order to get ready for that. You have to be ready for the rest of your life. Nobody just, just starts off and just runs a marathon. And can I prove it to you? Um, when we first started and, and they sounded the gun, there are a couple of things that you got to do. Um, when, when they first sounded the gun, actually even before they sounded the gun, they have a countdown clock. And on the countdown clock, they, they show um, how much time is left before the race starts. And when it got down to five minutes and then two minutes and then one minute, people just started taking off their sweaters and uh, they were wrapped up because we were in Chicago in October. People just started throwing stuff aside that would have been hindering them. Their overcoats and their sweaters and the things that they were bundled up in. As a matter of fact, they, they were just throwing stuff, not knowing where it would go because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to be hindered. And so they, they chose to get rid of those things, short-term pain for long-term gain. And the Bible does say, lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. And so if you're going to run a race, there are some painful decisions that you're going to have to make if you're going to accomplish what God has for you. Do you receive that? Say amen. And so I believe that God has something awesome for us. But just as they were throwing their stuff aside, now I, I, didn't, I had a sweater. I didn't throw it aside because um, that was my sweater. And, uh, and uh, I mean, they were just throwing it on the ground. And the Salvation Army came up after us, and, and they had these big buses. And, and, and as soon as we started running, these big buses, they came and took all of the clothes that were laying on the ground. Not mine. And so we started running. And here we go. I'm running the 2003 Chicago Marathon. I've trained for this day. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm running the Chicago Marathon. I ran mile one. Amen. Hallelujah. Mile two. Get to mile two. And all of a sudden, about six people just to my right collapse. They collapsed. Didn't finish the race. They collapsed. You have to choose short-term pain in order for the long-term gain. Some tough decisions you're going to have to make. Do you receive point number two? Point number three, you've got to regard God's values. You've got to choose to regard God's values more than the values of the world. Here's what the Bible says according to Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 26th, going back to Moses. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. The purpose of Moses' life was to speak power to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh what God told him, which is to let my people go. It's the purpose of his life. And then to allow those folks to follow him out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, Towards a promised land. They encountered a Red Sea. And by faith. 
they continued to march forward. That was the purpose of Moses' life. The purpose of his life was to be a deliverer. And some people still esteem him as one of the greatest deliverers in the Bible. And all we're doing today is gleaning four points that they talk about in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, that typified Moses' life. Choose to regard God's values, not the world's. The Bible says he could have chosen to receive the riches of Egypt, the treasures of Egypt, but he knew that there was a greater reward. If you believe that there's a greater reward for you, why don't you say greater reward? reward. There is a greater reward. Um, uh, I, um, I went to Macy's yesterday with my wife um, because uh, she said that she had to make a uh, quick purchase. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm at Macy's and um, I don't like shopping. That's not my thing. And, um, and, I, and I, I thank you. Thank you so much for that. Amen. I do. We stand in agreement on that, brother. Um, I do not like shopping. Um, I don't like spending money. It is not my favorite pastime, but, but, but I, I like keeping my wife happy. So I said, okay, uh, we'll, go, we'll go shopping so she can make her quick purchase. And we, we get there. I said, now, uh, I'll go, but I'm not going in. Uh, because she'll drag me through, through the mall, um, showing me everything that she believes that we need. I said, I'm not going in. I said, uh, go get what you have to get, and I'll just keep the car warm. And so I, I, I was at the front of, uh, of Macy's outside of the mall, and she went in to make her quick purchase. And, um, and I saw a young man walking in, um, and he was holding um, his daughter at the time, a young middle-aged man who was holding his daughter. And he ran into Macy's. And as he was running in, something dropped out of his back pocket. And, and, and I'm the type of person, I mind my own business. I don't, I don't bother anybody. Um, if something dropped, that has nothing to do with me. Um, and so I was just sitting there. But then I said, well, you know, maybe this is something important to this man. So I got out of my car and, and I went up to see what this was. And as I was about to pick it up, a, an older lady, she had to be about 60 or 70 years old. This older lady, about four feet tall, she... Um, <laughs> she, I don't know why it was funny, but she, she picked up um, this, this little piece of paper that I was about to pick up. Pick up. She picked it up, and, um, and I, I, I said, well, ma'am, um, I said, I, the, the gentleman just walked into Macy's, and he dropped that. And this, this, this little lady, just as sweet as she can be, she said, what man? And uh, I'm trying to be nice. Um, because this really is none of my business, but I'm just trying to do the right thing. Somebody say the right thing. And, uh, and I, said, I said, well, there's a man who just walked in, and, and I just want to give this back to him. And, and when she opened it up, I saw that it was a 25% off discount to anything in Macy's. And so she wasn't going to give it up. <laughs> and I'm trying to do the right thing. I said, well, I said ma'am, he just ran in. I think, it would, I think it would be the right thing for me to, uh, to, to give this. She's got her grandchildren around, and now I've got to make a decision because she, she, she looks at me like this. <laughs> 80 years old, four feet tall. I'm already a tall guy. So, so to her, I, you know, I may look like a giant, and, and here it is. She's, she's sizing me up. Y'all know what that means when somebody looks up. <laughs> and, and, and I got to make a decision because her, her grandchildren are there and I don't want any problems. And so I said, well, ma'am, I said, okay, if that's the 
if that's what you think you should do. Um, and just at that moment, we're both walking into Macy's, and, and this young man is, is there with his wife, and he is unwrapping his child. They're, they're taking off their scarves and everything like that. And I said, sir, I said, did you drop this, this card that's in this lady's hand? And he, he looks up, and he says, he says, oh, yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm looking at the lady. I'm like, mm-hmm. She gives it to him. And, uh, and, and, and the important thing is, you've got to understand God's values, not the world's. So now her, her grandchildren look at her as somebody who was um, trying to take advantage of somebody else, who was going to actually take this 25% discount for herself. She embarrassed herself in front of the entire front department of Macy's, in front of her grandchildren. And... And, and, if, and if you're here today, ma'am, um, <laughs> um, if there's anything we can do, please let me know. Um, we don't want any trouble. Uh, I'm, I'm a preacher, not a fighter. And, um, but, but you've got to understand that you've got you've to esteem or to regard God's values more than man's values. If you're with me, say amen. Here's the last point. The last point, point number four. You've got to choose to live by faith and not by fear. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 27th verse, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And so, Moses, this was his final decision, decided that he would pursue something that he couldn't see listening to somebody who he also could not see. I'll say that one more time. Moses decided that he would pursue something that he could not see. His purpose was intangible. He couldn't put his hands around it just yet. And he was going to listen to an invisible God. My friends, that is the clear definition of walking by faith. The fact that we are, we're believing in and we're trusting a God that we cannot see. But just because we cannot see him does not mean that he does not exist. We cannot see oxygen, but we believe that it exists. We can't see love, but we believe. Do you believe? We believe that Love exists. And can I share with you, even though you cannot see God, God still exists. I thought I'd get about two or three amens on that. God exists. And so we have to choose to live by faith and not by fear. And I used to think that doubt was the opposite of faith. And in reality, the biblical opposite of faith is fear. To be afraid. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And so here I am back at the marathon and I'm running the 2003 Chicago marathon mile two. See those folks just collapse, but I got to keep on running by faith. Mile 12, the people that I had been training with now, uh, they go ahead of me because I'm getting a little tired, but I keep on running. So I'm running this marathon and I'm remembering that God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm trusting him and I'm praying. I promise you I'm praying. They're, they're trying to give me donuts, but I'm praying. I'm praying. I promise you. I'm praying. 
And I get to mile 18, mile 18, and my knees lock up. And when my knees lock up, the best that I can do for the next half mile is walk like this. Now, that may not be as bad of a deal because I can still move except for the fact that you've got six hours to complete this race. And um, I'm already at hour number five. <laughs> yeah, six hours. If you don't complete the race, and, and that, that was my goal. It wasn't to win the race. My goal was to complete the race. You've got six hours. If you do not complete the race in six hours, you don't get a medal. They, they close up the stands. You don't, you don't get uh, your plaque. You don't get anything but, um, but just a thank you for coming. And so I've got to keep running, but I can't move. And I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to figure this out. I don't know how you're going to work this out. But I cannot move. I could not bend my knees. And here it is now. I'm on mile 18. I've got to go 26.2 miles. And uh, another older lady came by me. She runs marathons all over the country, about 70 years old. And this lady, she, she looked at me. She said, baby, what's wrong? I said, I can't move. <laughs> and she looked at my forehead, and she saw that sweat had dried up on my forehead. And she said, uh, she said, you, you need some salt. And uh, she had in her pouch, she had salt tablets, and she gave me two salt tablets. And within about 50 seconds after taking those salt tablets, my legs began to move again. Can I share with you that even on your journey in life, God has a way, if you trust in him, that he'll send you some help and some support. Somebody ought to say amen. Sometimes we call them angels. You can call them guardian angels. You can call them whatever you want. But God has support for you. And as we go through this series, as we go towards the next series, which is uh, what on earth am I here for? We want you to get plugged into a small group so that you can have that support system. Will you do that for me? Somebody shout amen. amen. And I kept on running. Somebody said, keep on running. Keep on run. I kept running. I kept running. Mile 18, mile 19, mile 20. I get to mile 26 and I turn the corner. When I turned the corner, we're now on ESPN. Uh, I can, they've got a band playing for us. People are cheering all over the place. People trying to hand you food and different items. And, and I'm, just, I'm just running. I've got my last point two miles, and now I can see the finish line. I can see the finish line. I crossed the finish line. That's, that's me uh, crossing the finish line. And uh, that's me with my medal uh, proving that I, in fact, completed the 2003 Chicago Marathon. And, uh, and I mention that because I believe it can help somebody else. That's, that's my tag, 37101. And, um, and uh, God bless me to be able to, to complete it. And, and the same things that Moses used, those four points, are the same things that I used. Refusing to be defined by others. Choosing short-term pain for long-term gain. Choosing to regard God's values more than the world's values. And finally, choosing to live a life of faith and not by fear. And so today, when somebody tells me I can't do something, as I prepare for next steps and more of the purpose that God has for me, I remember that marathon. People told me I couldn't do it. And every now and again, when somebody says I can't do something, I just give them a the side eye. Mm-hmm. You think I can't do it, but, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And, and, and every, every now and again, I keep this little tag with me. I, I've had for about 10 years from the 2003 Chicago Marathon. 
And uh, they didn't know what they were doing at the time, but, but, but they gave me uh, 37101 was, was my badge here, 37101. And it was my two favorite Psalms, Psalm 37. It says, I'll trust in the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'll delight myself in the Lord, and if I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me the desires of my heart. And, and then it goes on to say that the steps of a good man. Uh, ordered. They didn't, they didn't know what they were doing when they gave me 37 and 101. And then Psalm 101 says, I'll sing his praises and proclaim his victory. Do you believe God can do it for you? I believe that he's able. And I believe that he's going to be with you on your journey as you get prepared for the rest of your life. Let's stand. want to pray with you and then we will have some uh, pastors and ministers that will be in the front to also pray with you individually I'm going to pray corporately now but they will be here to pray with you individually because uh, I don't know what mile of the race you're on I don't know about the difficulties in your life or uh, rather you may be thinking about giving up throwing in the towel they'll be here to, to pray with you individually you can share that with them the great thing about church is that you never have to run this race alone. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you now for your awesomeness. Thank you for being with us every mile of the way, every step of the mile. Thank you because you said if you've begun a good work in us, you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you because you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you because you said, lo, you would be with us always, even until the end of the world. So, dear God, even now as we prepare ourselves for the rest of our lives, some of, some of us finding out what we're here for, what our purpose is, others of us continuing to walk into that destiny. Lord, would you shine your light upon us? Make our pathways straight according to your righteousness. Dear God, when others say that we can't do it, give us the spirit of David and Moses. David said, I'll encourage myself in the Lord. Lord, we appreciate you for all things. And I hear of showers of blessings. Thou art scattering full and free showers the thirsty soul refreshing allow some drops to fall afresh on us in Jesus name we pray these blessings amen amen come on let's give God a round of applause if you love him